Hi everyone and welcome to the Sacktown FC podcast. Uh, my name is Luis Urbano and I'm joined here by my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? I'm good, Luis. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. Really enjoying this Saturday afternoon. Really good, nice weather out there. How's it like over in Sacramento? It's uh, it's nice. It's a little cloudy, but a uh, good day for some some outdoor activities and just hanging out and relaxing. Oh, that's great. So for everyone listening, I'm actually from Modesto, which is about an hour and a half from Sacramento on a on a good day. Yes, definitely on a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you don't go out like four or five, probably good. So this is the first episode that we're recording here on on our new podcast. It's actually something that I've been wanting to get started for about a little over a year. And I'm glad that I found someone and Jonathan that can join me in this adventure and you know, we're able to cover more on on the team that we're passionate about. So for this first episode, we'll be talking about our story as fans of Sacramento Republic, you know, covering different moments of our first couple years as fans. We'll also be looking at the 2020 squad, looking at some of the players who are joining our squad for this next season. And then finally, we're going to be looking at our new head coach and Mark Briggs and what he brings to the table for this upcoming season. So let's first introduce ourselves, like who we are before um, we move on to our um, Sacramento memories. So my name is Luis Urbano again. Um, I am a digital marketer by profession. Um, I actually have another podcast that I run that's for bloggers. It's called the Modern Blogger Podcast. And some of my hobbies include, you know, watching soccer. I like to play soccer. Of course, watching Sacramento Republic is always there. I like to learn about pretty much anything that is out there, really, not just marketing stuff, but really just anything like I actually just got a degree in psychology. So I, I just like to just broaden my my horizons and not just limit myself to just one career. So other than that, what about you, Jonathan? So I grew up in Sacramento and I moved to the Bay Area for college. I recently just moved back. I'm an education uh, teacher out in uh, Olivehurst, uh, social science. And between school and, and teaching and the kids that I have, I have three kids. Uh, my wife and I have been married for almost 10 years. And when I'm not hanging out with them, I'm, I'm either working with athletes uh my background's in kinesiology or i'm i'm getting stuff ready and prepping for teaching outside of the republic i i'm a celtic supporter for glasgow celtic and manchester united and i really look forward to spending time at the at the park with the kids uh watching soccer and hanging out oh that's that's great too actually i didn't mention that part too i'm actually um outside of the sacramento republic my first team was uh cruz azul from mexico Okay, nice. Um, really big fan of them too. And now that the Sacramento Republic is going to MLS, I'm not looking forward to those matchups whenever they get to play maybe in the friendly or in the Champions League because I'm going to be torn and I won't know who I'll want to win. <laughs> yeah, you got to so, pick, pick a color, pick a side, man. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. I guess I'm going to probably root for them while I'm in Sacramento and then well, I'm not in Sacramento watching the away game. If it's a two-leg game, then probably be rooting for the other team. But <laughs> I guess I'll be happy either way. But I know it's going to happen now that MLS is there. And I'm actually excited, even though 
it's it's going to be turn me down but <laughs> so you could be a closet supporter either way yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> so you know let, let's first start with uh, talking about how long we've been a fan of um, the team so i actually i want to consider myself a fan since the team was founded but if you consider really getting really into the team and really knowing more of what's going on in the team then i would probably say that i really became a fan in 2015 Back when I went to my first ever game, actually, it was a game against the uh, Real Monarchs. It was on, I actually have the date too, it was August 22nd, 2015. That's probably when I became a fan of the team. And it was pretty interesting because I had actually seen some of the games on TV before. And what I think really drove me to want to know more and actually go to a game wasn't just the fact that, you know, they were getting sell out. So that was actually really nice. But it was all the energy that the Tower Bridge Battalion brought to the table like it's to me it was really amazing because I had never seen any other supporters group anywhere around here bring that much energy I mean I'm talking even like college sports around here too like it it was just amazing so I had to go experience it myself and you know all it took was that game and then before I knew it I was really immersed in the team and I remember that first game I had to buy the jersey and you know it was the winning championship the season before. So I took a picture with the championship trophy. So all that was great. And also, I mean, that's, it's kind of how it all, it all started. But I mean, I, I've been following the team since its inception and since they were deciding a name for it. And I took an interest in it because I've always been passionate about soccer. And, you know, my favorite team is sadly not, or was not from around here for, you know, since I started growing up. So finding out that we were going to get a team that was close by playing in a professional league, you know, made me really interested and want to know more about it. So here I am. Thanks to that. What about you? Nice. So for me, I mean, I've been a fan since it, since the inception uh, of the team. Interesting enough, uh, one of the things that draw, drew me to the team was back in 2013 when they hired their first head coach and their first head coach being Precky. And I had a, Interesting conversation with him when I was working with the Sacramento Knights when they were around as the indoor soccer team. He was playing for uh, St. Louis at the time, and he would always come in and, and you know wreck shop and moved to San Jose after that, uh, and and really just put a hurting on the Knights every time he came in. And then when he joined MLS with the Kansas City Wizards, it was something I followed, and so I had a real as my American player, he was kind of that guy. And so when he became the coach of, of the Republic, I, I paid a lot of attention from afar, you know, being in the Bay area, it was hard to get to games up here, but I was able to kind of witness the growth of, of what he was able to build in that one season. And from there was able to, you know, kind of help develop what we know as soccer in Sacramento. And without him, I, I don't know if we've if we would see the success uh, of the team as we see it. When now having a new coach, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the philosophies and ideas of the team change because I feel like he still has a really big stamp on on the direction in which we have we've gone. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he brought he brought a lot to the table too, and I mean, he was a really experienced guy who you know came from. Just playing just all around, you know? So I think it, it was really great that he was, you know, the first head coach that we ever had. Like, that was a really good choice and, and choosing him. And, and it's it's really great. I think he's up in the Sounders right now, right? If I'm not mistaken? I think so. I think you're correct there. 
he's an assistant with a he's an assistant with the uh, Seattle Sounders. Yeah, I think I think we saw him at a friendly actually when we played against I think the first team, which was about like was it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, when we played against the first team, a uh, preseason friendly. Yeah, it was last year. That was we with against Seattle. Yeah, I think I saw him there too, and they they did an interview on him too. So I was like, oh, that's it's great. It's great for him to be in Seattle too, since they're doing pretty good. I mean, they were the they're the defending champions, so they're doing yeah, really great things. Can't say anything bad about them until they start losing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, because they've had those moments. Yeah. <laughs> so um, our next thing here too is um, our favorite game memory, and. I've gone to so many games that I just have so many memories, but if I had to pick one, it would probably have to be, and this is an actually an away game of all, of all things, but it'd have to be the game that we played against the uh, Orange County Soccer Club uh, two years ago in 2018. If I got my dates, yeah, 2018. And what made that really great was actually that was the first date that I went to with my girlfriend because she's actually oh, from nice. the LA area. And that was the first game that, you know, we ever went to together and we actually won that game and we actually had pretty good seats that I don't know if he heard me. I always, I always joke around and I'm like, I think he heard me and that's why he did it. But in that game, we won one zero and Cameron actually scored a goal. And I remember before he shot, I actually told him like, Hey, Cameron shoot. And he just shot like two seconds after I said that. And I'm like, I don't know if he if he heard me or what, but I just want to believe that he did hear me. But it was it was a really it was a really interesting game too. I mean, we know Orange County is always really difficult, and they always have a really good team. And you know, we usually see them in the top standing. So it, it was it was a great game to win it away. What about yours? So for me, I, for the games I've been to, I think I can count on my on my hand in terms of the games I've been able to make. But my my favorite game memory would have been last year's playoff game, the playing game, uh, when we gave up a quick goal within the first le- less than five minutes. Uh, I think it was the first ninety seconds we gave up the goal, and to see oh, the yeah. teams to see the teams' resilience um, to come back from that and be able to pull it off. It was a it was a game for my son and I, where it was his first Sacramento Republic game. And he has been hooked on ever since, waiting for the season to start now. So it was a good memory for us uh, to to be able to witness that comeback, especially in the playoffs. And they made such a such a solid run the rest of the way. And that was something that that I will always have in in my memory. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that was a that was a crazy game. We start losing, like you were saying, like one zero, and then it was like, let's hope we come back from this because you know it's the I think it was, it was the first playoff game, right? Yeah, it was. It was the playing game. And we were down one nil within the first 90 seconds. And for everybody in the stands, it just sounded like everybody was just deflated to, to an extent like, wow, that, that <laughs> wasn't expected. I don't even know if the, if the supporters had gotten in their seats at the time to, to be able to witness that. And it was New Mexico. Um, we got down one nil and the team was able to get a goal before halftime. And again, in the second half and pull away two one before going up to Reno and really putting a hurting on 1868. Yeah. And doing the same thing too, right? Cause we were down in that game too. It was almost like the same story being repeated. Five minutes in, give up a goal. Uh, and then three minutes later, you're, you're one, one. And then towards the end, you put a couple goals in to seal the deal. 
Yeah, so that, that was, I mean, it's always hard, you know, when you, like you said, some fans probably weren't even sitting yet, and then that happens, and it's like, oh, okay, we're losing now, all right, let's see how we can do. I know throughout the season, we had a lot of games like that, and I know some games we couldn't really come back from that, so that was definitely really great, especially against New Mexico. Like, they had a really good team last year, too, so that was great. So, have you ever been to an away game, or...? I have not been to an away game. Uh, we were able to watch the away game where we were, we lost four, three in the open cup to the earthquakes. Cause we were local uh, at mm. the time. So we were able to watch the San Jose earthquake feed, but we have not made an away game this year. We're going to look to making a couple of games out to Reno and I have a friend up in Seattle. So we'll try to make a trip. My son and I up there to Seattle to go see the team play. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I was actually at that, um, San Jose game and it was it was kind of heartbreaking I was I was really hoping that we were gonna win that game too but I mean they really like they gave it their all I mean they were down by two and then at the I think it was the final three minutes that we scored that four three and then we were so close to tying that game in the last play it would have been nice it would have been nice to to beat an MLS team but we've done it before Real Salt Lake we've, we've beat them in an open cup so we have a couple of notches in terms of playing against the more advanced teams is what most people will say, but we we are definitely coming up and, and getting to that level where we can compete. Yeah, I'd say my, my favorite away game is probably, and I actually got the chance to go to this one, was the one we played against LAFC in the Open Cup two years ago. It was, it was just, it was really amazing too. And I got the chance to go, um, my girlfriend actually is an LAFC supporter, so... We had to make that game. We were like, yeah, we need to make this game. And and it was pretty awkward because we were actually sitting in the middle section. You know, like I told her, like, as much as I know, we like you probably want to sit next to the supporters group. But I'm going to get seats in the middle and it'll be more fair because um, some Sacramento fans also went to the game. And I think there was probably like 10 other fans, okay. but they were on the opposite end, too. And as much as I wanted to go over there, I was like, OK, we're going to keep it fair and be in the middle. And those two goals that we scored, those two times that we went up in the score line, it was it was just the I had never been to a game where like everyone's quiet and I'm the only one celebrating amongst, you know, probably like five hundred, six hundred people that were on, on that one side. So okay. it it was pretty good. I felt really good being the only one. <laughs> I'm like, oh this is a different a different twist to it. Especially going to Going to a stadium there where like people are really passionate. Like I've had the chance to go to an MLS game there too, and people are really passionate about that team, even though it's it's a new team. So it was definitely a good good vibe to be there. It definitely felt like we were playing an MLS game. So yeah, looking good, forward. They have a good uh, strong ownership group, and they're along with that they they tend to draw well. So you know when you can go there and you can you can put up a fight. It sets sets a sets a bar for you. Yeah, I remember tweeting out too. Like, hey, I hope the MLS looked at this because look, we gave a really good team like a good fight, and you know, like it, they scored that winning goal. Like, I think five minutes with five minutes remaining of the game. So that was that. But I mean, I was happy for the team because they 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 gave their best effort. So that was that. So moving you know forward to this coming up season too, like. Let's talk about some of the things that we're looking forward to, you know, not just, I guess, not just in this next season, but in the following years, you know, before we join MLS officially. And I think me looking 
at this um, subject here, I think if we separate into the coming season and years, I think for the coming season, I'm really looking forward to, I think a lot of these new players really being able to establish themselves in the team within, you know, a year, two years. And I know that MLS is still, you know, like two years ahead of us. But I think that the more the players start really getting used to Sacramento and getting used to playing as a team, I think it'll really benefit us a lot. And, you know, I, I personally hope that like a lot of these players that are with us right now and any other ones that maybe join next season, that they make it to the MLS side because, you know, you know, in the sport with any team really out there, consistency is, is a big issue too. And making sure that all the players really understand each other. So I really hope that, that they really keep that consistency going on and that they really get like a good, um, like team vibe going on and that things go good. I think the main thing to, to think about is the consistency on and off the pitch, right? And mm-hmm. so you talk about having that camaraderie, that ability to gel or stay together for a longer period of time. That's hard to do with USL, especially with the way players are looked at and the opportunities they have elsewhere. So USL and, and keeping that that mold of a team is, is quite difficult. One of the things I want to see on the pitch this year is more of a consistent go uh, we we go to games or you see them win three in a row and then they lose two in a row and it would be nice to see them string four or five matches together with wins the other thing to think about as a as a supporter is not giving up that first goal uh, or conceding early yeah. within the first 20 minutes of the match you see a lot of times where teams give up that goal and the other team will either park the bus or they'll they'll play more possession to, to play keep away in order to hold back the opposing team. And we saw that a lot last year mm-hmm. in games against, you know, Orange County SC where we lost two to, you know, three, two, we tied two, two against galaxy two. There was all those matches where we came up just short because we conceded so early and we weren't able to recover because it was a mental or it was a breakdown that we had. And, and we just couldn't break through because the other team had set up, set themselves up appropriately. So I think that would be important for us to see this year is that consistent nature. And then for the years coming up, one of the main things I want to see is, is consistency with the players, right? You, you, we talked about that in USL, but MLS has done a pretty good job of homegrown talent, which we'll talk about some of our homegrown talent that we've been able to get from our Academy. And how do you maintain that? How do you create a, a culture where players want to be, what players want to come. And it kind of goes back to the NBA idea with the Kings where everybody says, oh, you're a small market. You're not going to get those those big names. Well, you don't need big names to win in MLS. You need guys who play for each other and play for not the name on the back, but the, the crest on the chest, in other words. So that will be important to see as we go forward with the Republic. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I think... Like you were saying, it is a little bit more of a challenge. And I think I've seen it with like other teams who, you know, make the jump from USL to MLS that like a lot of the squad just kind of goes away. And we kind of saw it recently with like FC Cincinnati, yep. how like they joined MLS and then a lot of the squad just dissolved. And I don't know if like they would have done any better if if that would have not been the case. But I mean, now we look at them and they're, they're you know, in last place. And I think for the past two seasons that they've been in MLS, they've been consistently in like last place or in the last couple of places. So I think 
we really have to learn a lot from some of the mistakes I think that they might be doing on their end too. But like you said, it really, when it comes down to it, it's really that consistency and making sure that if we start losing one zero one game that we don't repeat that because if we don't fix that right now, once we join the MLS, it's going to be the same issue like onwards. So I think it's, that's something really important to, to take a look at, I think for, for us right now. Definitely. I, I agree with that. So let's uh, look at some of the new players and some of the players that well, we actually have an announcement before we do that too. So yesterday we heard the announcement of uh, Stefano Bonomo retiring, which I don't know about you, but it took me by surprise. You know, I think he's still, still young. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's like 28 or 29. 26. Is it 26? Oh, okay. 26. 26. Yeah. Still really young age, you know, for a player to to retire. But I'm sure he has, you know, his own reasons too. But I mean, 26, and yeah, for him to be 26 and and step away from the game, there has to be another another something else going on, or you know, an injury that we aren't aware of. But for the most part, I think we're going to miss his ability, his finishing ability, and it gives us somebody either that could start or coming off the bench who could really. light a fire and, and put one in the net when we need it or come off the bench and be that spark. It's going to be hard to replace. And, and I hope going forward that he's, he's successful in whatever he does. And if he does decide that soccer is what he wants to do and he's able to come back and, and be a part of this team. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I still remember the goal he scored in the open cup last year and how like, it was like that last minute goal and it just, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was the game where it really started pouring, right? Like they were still like the game was still going on and like it was just raining like nonstop. Right. And that it, made it even more dramatic. Made it made it more fun, right? If you think about the way that happened, anytime you play in the rain, think about when you were a kid and you were sitting outside like, Oh, it's raining and you get to slip and slide, right? Well, to score a goal in that kind of environment is is awesome. Yeah, I think those are probably some of the most epic goals, too. I mean, I remember uh, going to high school, I would actually play soccer and lunch, too. And anytime it was raining, that was actually like, it's probably even better time to be out there. So I can only imagine being on the pitch and, you know, having that there. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's more of a, it's a disadvantage for both sides, you know, no matter what. It's not just raining on one side of the pitch, so. Yeah, it's yeah. Total, total football, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, another player that we're not really sure exactly like where where he's at, but I know you were referencing it off air that he's still in the squad is uh, Mitchell Tainer because he wasn't shown on the on the preseason squad list at least that the team published. So, do you have anything else on that? I don't. I saw that he was on the. He's still under contracts. Is what I'm. I'm sure of. I, I looked at some other things in terms of transfer news and some of his websites that that are news and it's shown that he was still a member of the team he doesn't show up on the preseason roster but there's potential contract negotiations going on so you know mitch may be back he may not and again it's same thing with stefano if if he decides that he's going to move on we wish him the best of luck and hopefully he if he decides that this is the place he wants to be we we can make it happen Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hope he returns. Yeah, I mean, he was a really experienced defender. Had some MLS experience with them, too. So, yeah, hopefully he is able to come back. 
And so let's move on forward with the new players for the 2020 season. I mean, you can't mention this list without starting with Roro, Rodrigo Lopez. I mean, this guy is a legend. <laughs> this guy's a legend. You know, like it's, it's kind of interesting because when his past team, Veracruz of uh, Liga MX, um, they, they were having a lot of issues, really. Like they were having a lot of issues and everyone kind of knew that that team was probably going to dissolve by the end of the season, or at least that that's what the talks were around because of all the different issues they were having with players not being paid, with the, the guy who owns them having all these different like issues with uh, like not paying players and all that. But w- once I heard that, I was like, it would be a perfect opportunity to, you know, bring Roro down. So I was glad when I saw that announcement happen. So it was really great too. Yeah. I mean, he still has he still has the legs to play. If you look at his his matches that he was able to go, he did go on loan um, for a while, but he's played a lot of matches. He's scored a lot of goals in those matches. His his 2014-15 season uh, seasons with us, 54 appearances, 23 goals as a as a midfielder, as somebody who's who's an attacking midfielder. That represents something that this team needs. And he brings some age with him too, so he's got he's 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 seasoned, and can help some of these young guys develop going into the MLS, and it really sets us up um, sets us up for success, I think, especially with being our our first signing uh, when we became a part of the USL. I, I I couldn't be more pleased with that idea. Yeah, and I mean, who can forget like you know the miracle of Bonnie scoring that hat trick against uh, Los Dos and then the rain pouring after that happened. And, oh, man, that was that was such an amazing game, too. I mean, that's it's the kind of game that you have in the history books of the team, you know, like. The the Beckham-like chip, right? Half field. Yeah. Hits, hits it over the keeper. <laughs> wrong, wrong side of the field, but made it happen. Yeah. Chipped him. Uh, goalie got, got a little, uh, little confident in his abilities, I think. And so, you know, Roro was able to loft one up and over and put it in the back of the net, which was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I think another good thing, too, is that, you know, we're getting him now with, like, a lot of experience in Mexico. I know he played uh, second division, and then he went to play with uh, Toluca, and then Veracruz came by. But, I mean, now he's he's gotten a couple of years' worth of uh, experience playing in Mexico. So I think that'll really, that'll really help a lot, too. Like you were saying, he can talk to other players, too, and, you know, try and like help with the academy to even to that extent too. I mean, I think he's the kind of player that the moment he retires, I'm like, they re- I really hope that they offer him a job working for the team. He can do so much more, you know, outside the pitch as well. So I think that's what they're setting him up for, right? Is, is once he does decide to hang up the boots, he's, he's going to be able to step back into kind of the, the staff realm and help out in every aspect there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. If not, you know, like we mentioned it, so get him a job. <laughs> so <laughs> Sign him. Hire him. <laughs> so another news that, that came by this week is uh, the promotion of two of our players from our academy. That was uh, Hayden Sarges and Mario Penagos. Hopefully I said him right. Um, Hayden Sarges actually comes from Sherlock, which actually isn't too far from where I live too. And that's it's really cool to see someone from, from Sherlock be promoted and then Mario is from Elk Grove. So what are your thoughts on, on them? I like the idea of bringing homegrown talent in. Uh, it sets up the academy well. It shows local you know, talent 
soccer local players that hey there's an opportunity you, you can you can perform well you can get moved into the first team and that's that's significant right it shows growth for not just the player but also the team and being able to take those guys on and have faith you look at the soccer clubs around you know sacramento now kids have that eye like okay that could be me in five six years so that's really good to have and and i'm optimistic about the future for local soccer especially as a coach what that what this does oh yeah definitely i think i mean just like like i was saying like he's from Sherlock, so i think this is something that is gonna inspire a lot of players around like the central valley area too and we have a we have a lot of great talent that's around here and i think before the closest team that they had was like the earthquakes and i think a lot of people maybe don't want to make the drive to the Bay Area just because, you know, it's, there's a lot of traffic and this and that. But I think to Sacramento, it's a more, like, reasonable drive. You know, you don't really get as much traffic. And I could see more players from around this area, like, really wanting to make the trip down there and, you know, be a part of an academy and go out for tryouts. It would so, be nice. It would be nice. So in addition to them, too, we also saw the signing of uh, Carlton Velmar. So forward that comes to us from Nashville Soccer Club. And he actually scored 14 goals in 24 games with uh, Soul Park Rangers in 2017 and 2018. So I think that's, I mean, seeing that statistic myself, that seems really impressive. I mean, it's it's a really decent amount of goals in those games. And I remember that Soul Park Rangers team. And I think just in general, that team has always had a really good competitive team in the league. Yeah, they, they've always been at the, you know, I'd say the upper echelon of the league in the usl it would be interesting to see how he performs i i know he had a down season he had 33 appearances with nashville um netting three goals in those 33 appearances i'm not familiar with if he was coming on as a sub or if he was a starter but from what i remember with him as swoop park was that he was kind of a a a holding attacker and that he was able to hold up possession and and kind of play off of his midfield and, and make good runs It'll be nice to see if he can he can do that here, especially with Roro coming back, who can who can put a ball wherever he wants and pinpoint accuracy. So I think Carlton has has an opportunity to to do great things here, whether it's on the bench or starting. I think that's going to be something that Briggs is going to examine over the next couple of weeks before the season starts with camp opening here in a few days. So it'll be interesting to see what uh what Belmar has to bring to to the Republic. And I remember I actually saw some of his uh, highlights too when they introduced him, and seems like he's got a lot. He's got a lot of talent, and I think he's going to be offering us a lot. And especially on the on the forwards, uh, I mean, it's it's really great. I mean, anytime we get more forwards, you know, it's better to have more forwards than risk, you know, a couple injuries, and then we're out trying to get someone to adapt to that position. So. Look at Manchester United right now. Rashford's down, and not a many, not very many attacking options to to fill in. So they're on the transfer market, trying to find somebody who can come in and and fit a need. In the meantime, until Rashford's back. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it's a struggle. I mean, yeah, it's a struggle worldwide too. Yeah, with with other teams too. So <laughs> it can never have too many forwards. Yeah, definitely. Because you know, at the end of the day, I think. When it comes down to it, I feel like more forwards get injured, which of course comes with the intensity that that goes with the position too. So, right. another signing we got too is uh, Adam Greenwies. Hope I said that right. Uh, he's a goalkeeper. He comes from Orlando City. 
from what I um, know about him too. He played with Orlando City in the U.S. Open Cup. And he actually helped them reach the semifinals for the first time by saving two penalty kicks versus uh, New York City FC. And I actually watched that live as I was watching the Open Cup semifinals. And he's a penalty stopper. And you know you always need those guys because you never know when we get a penalty called on like we did last season in so many games that you want a goalkeeper, you know, that has that experience and that has that has had that pressure put on him, you know, when it comes to like these tournaments where, you know, it's a one game game, you know, like uh, you need to have a good experienced goalkeeper with that. So I'm assuming that he might come and like be our starter goalkeeper. That's what my assumption would be. I, I, you know, looking at the last few years for him, he's, he's not started very many matches. Um, Nine, nine matches started within the last two, maybe three years. And so I hope that he's able to come into the first team and, and perform well to be a backstop because we, we are going to need it going forward. And I think he can bring a lot to the table and shot stopper, right? Had some magnificent saves uh, against New York FC, uh, New York City FC, I should say, and, and really helped help the team. It will be interesting to see how he's able to adapt to Sacramento and being if he is their full time keeper, uh, if he's able to to keep the legs under him for that long a period of time, because it is a long season. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I noticed that like he hadn't played too many games too, and that I mean that does make you kind of wonder, you know, like should he just be like our open cup goalkeeper or what? But from what you know, I was looking at the team roster, and I don't I don't know if there might be hiring another goalkeeper. I think we might just be sticking with just our three goalkeepers actually that we have now because we have Rafael Diaz, you know, he's, he's been, you know, the usual sub. And then we have, uh, we have a goalkeeper that's actually from the Academy too. He might not, he might just play in a friendly game here and there, but it doesn't seem like they might be getting another goalkeeper. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I think we're, I think we're seeing the two. Most teams carry the, the keeper on the pitch at all times, the, the full-time starter and the one who kind of comes in and, is on the bench and does does clean up for when the you know main keeper the full time keeper needs a break. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that that goes too because when it comes down to it, it can it could probably hurt you. You know, not to have that many games played, especially recently, especially in a position like being a goalkeeper. But I mean, I, I hope that he helps. He played a lot of games when he first started his career. I think he was averaging his first two main seasons, three seasons. He was averaging about 20 games a year. And so for him to, you know, there's something going on where he, his time is reduced and his time between the, the posts was, was, you know, kind of shortened. Oh, yeah. Something may have happened there, too. May have been an injury, too. Never know. So uh, moving on to our uh, next signing, too. Um, it's Thomas Kiliard Arce. He comes to us from LA Galaxy, but he played more games for Los Dos. He actually played 39 games in the 2018-2019 uh, season. So I've heard a lot of great stuff about him, but we'll see, you know, how, how things march in the season two. Um, do you have anything else that you've heard from him? I mean, playing for Stanford, 87 appearances, he he did a lot of good things for that team. Um, you know, they were... They were the best in the Pac-12 at the time, and he won Defensive Player of the Year, so he has the ability to be a top-end stopper in the back. It will be interesting to see how that translates for us and where, what kind of formation we run and how we're how he's utilized. But I think he can bring a lot to the table. And 
both our aerial, our corner, our set pieces, and and you know just keeping the back stable. He's relatively young um, and tall, so we'll, we'll see how he can help our help our squad out. Yeah, and I'm sure like he definitely. I mean, it's just seeing that he had he played 39 games with Los Dos. It's like we all know, you know, Los Dos. They're always really competitive. Like these guys. I mean, we've we've seen them at our own home games when I've gone to these, which I've gone to like I think two Los Dos home games, and these guys are just like out there. You know, they really want to like showcase themselves to their first team. So they just give it their all, and there's just there's a lot of things that are asked from them too. So I'm sure like he comes from an environment where he was really pressured, you know, to really do a lot. Right. So uh, hopefully, you know, that he brings that back over with us too. And then we see, we see his lost dose version too. And, and there too, I would even probably consider maybe giving him a starter role, especially if Mitchell Tainer doesn't return. Yeah. If he can, if, if that could work, um, if, if Mitch doesn't come back, I think setting him in, that spot he's got a couple of weeks to get ready and perform at a high level i think this is a good stepping stone for him too uh to be able to work with a team that is in the usl that's where he's been the last few years and moving into mls he had five appearances for la galaxy uh, when he was drafted it would be nice to see him uh take on a role with us going into mls and in the in the back i think that's probably the plan too i think in getting him too is that you know you want to give him that experience while we're still in the USL. So when we actually make it to the MLS, we have an experienced player already who's actually really familiar with playing in Sacramento too. So if that's the goal, I think that they really, they really did a good job in choosing him to come with us right now and having that. It's a great signing. It's, it's definitely worth a, worth a try again, second overall pick in 2018. Um, it would be, uh, it'd be really nice to see him grow with us and go forward yeah especially with that he had some experience even with the first team with the first LA Galaxy team too so that's that's great already too I mean you he already knows like what the MLS is like too so that's that's great yep. so our final um player we have here on the list is Andrew Wheeler he comes to us from the Phoenix Rising and he was actually a part of the Atlanta United champion team in 2018 he only did play just one game with them and he played actually 10 games with uh Atlanta too from our USL league. So I, I think, I mean, he only played one game with them, but even though it was just one game, I, I would still say that, I mean, just being in the Atlanta United training grounds, you know, going through all that, doing the day-to-day with them, that's a lot. I mean, we know how like intense that team is. And I mean, it's, they weren't champions, you know, just out of nothing too. So I think, I think it's going to be great. And especially he also comes from Phoenix Rising, which I think is another really competitive team, you know, that, has that so I'm really excited to see like what what he'll bring to Sacramento yeah it would be it would be interesting to see what what kind of role he plays looking at you know kind of some of the film that was out for him he seems to fit into the formation that Briggs which Briggs has used in the past with that four two three one so it'd be interesting to see if he plays one slots into one of those two holding you know defensive midfield spots yeah it'll be interesting to see that too so that wraps up the players that we have so far, too. There's still rumors that they might get one or two more players. I wouldn't be surprised since they're just kind of just mentioning them week over week. But they are going to start preseason soon. So if they are going to get more players, I would probably try and do it as soon as possible. Sooner than, than later. But they, they've been pretty methodical with telling 
the fan base, who signed, and it's going week by week, it seems like. Every week we're getting a new signing, and I'm sure there's more. They've signed players who are going to be in camp that we haven't heard of yet. That's what I'm hoping for with Mitch, but you never know in, in that they could just be releasing out to us and leaking little things here and there, but players are actually signed. That could be too, yeah. I mean... That's actually that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's what they could be doing too. It, it creates a little bit of excitement because when you when you do it that way, it creates more excitement for the fan base because they're like, oh, we're signing players over every week. We're getting somebody new, but they've had these guys in the in the mix since since signings have opened. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next week or so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what comes by. So our uh, last topic we have here too. You know, we didn't just get new players; we also got a new coach. And Mark Briggs, and you know, with that, he brings, you know, a whole different, I think, mentality to the table too, which is always great. And I think we, we were probably in need of a new of a new strategy moving forward, especially as, as we're getting close to joining MLS. So he comes from Wolverhampton, England. Formerly, he was our academy director. So it's really great. Like we were talking about earlier, he knows our two academy players that were promoted, and I'm sure that he had a big say in that. Um, before that, he was the Real Monarchs coach from 2016 to 2018, which is another, you know, great, great USL side that, like, he could he could bring a lot of experience from that, just being with them for those, like, amount of years, too. And before that, he actually started out being an assistant coach for the Wilmington Hammerheads in 2015, and then he coached them for the remainder of the season. So definitely has some experience there. You know, maybe not as much experience as like other coaches have had in the past, but I mean, I'm excited because he was formerly our academy director, so he's going to get more opportunity to that young talent, and I think that'll be really great, especially moving forward. Yeah, I think for him, the the big part will be what does he what does he bring in terms of his his style, his technique, right? His mm-hmm. every game, how he manages the game, what in game changes are we going to see? Uh, I think a lot of the times when we see new coaches, the hard part is is in-game strategy, right? How do you how do you s- overcome or how do you set up uh, based off of what you see? And for him, you know, his record speaks for itself in in some of his stops and what he's been able to do, especially with the Real Monarchs being being who they are, and which is a very good program off of uh, Real Salt Lake. So it'll be interesting. He's got two academy players. He's built that academy up for us. And for him to kind of be slotted into that that head coaching position, I, I see a lot of potential for us going forward, especially with MLS. I think if he is our coach uh, to be going forward, if you guys remember uh, Caleb Porter when he, he, with the Portland Timbers, and oh, yeah. before that the University of Akron, and now at uh, Columbus Crew. It would be uh, it would be nice to see if we could do the same thing that uh, Porter was able to do in Portland uh, with Briggs and Sacramento. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be great, and I think that that would ideally be the goal is to have a coach that follows us all through. You know, like I I, I wouldn't agree with like letting go of the coach. You know, before we join MLS and then getting a brand new coach, but keeping the same coach, giving that coach, you know, at least that first season giving them an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. The opportunity is, is where it's going to be. In terms of the 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 coaching, it would be interesting to see how, how he's able to bring his tactics and put him at a higher level with MLS. I mean, never had any experience outside of USL, uh, but that doesn't mean he can't coach at the MLS level. Uh, it would be interesting to see how he's able to 
transform the team from a USL team to an MLS team, especially with the demands of travel and the expectation that I think the fan base has for him once we get there. Yeah. So we'll see how, how this season goes too. And then talk about it end of season and see, see what, what we think of, of his first season as our head coach. So with that, that brings us to the end of our first podcast. And we want to remind you guys, we actually created a Twitter page and an Instagram page. Both of them, you guys can find us under at SACTownFC. And I might be creating a Facebook page. We'll see on that. But I am going to be actually creating a Facebook group where, you know, any fan can go out and comment anything. Maybe ask us questions to be featured on the uh, podcast about really anything. So anything you want to hear, anything you want to know, we're looking at any insight we can we can give or get uh, to help this podcast and help you guys uh, get more more Sac Republic football. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So anything you guys want to listen to, like, please let us know. This is our first podcast. So we're still, you know, trying to figure out our ways here in the podcast world. But, you know, we, we want to cover everything that you guys want to hear too and uh, make sure that that's it's in our podcast. I'm so, sure we'll, we'll look back on this in a year and be like, what were we doing? Yeah, because it's... <laughs> We're going to be so successful. It's great. I like it. Yeah, it's it's funny too. I always think of the same too because my other podcast, I I speak to bloggers and I've been blogging for like over four or five years now. And so it's it's pretty funny looking back at like the first couple blog posts that I ever wrote and just shaking my head like, wow, I can't believe I, <laughs> I wrote that. Or wow, look at my grammar there. That was pretty bad. <laughs> so it's... It's definitely great, and, and it's it's great. We're only we're only growing this, and the podcast game is you know just getting started. So glad to be covering our team here. Well, for those of you who are listening, thank you for taking the time to join us and be a part of this. And we look forward to more opportunities at the games, after games, before games to to talk to you guys. All right, so be on the lookout on our social media where we'll be making more announcements on that. But otherwise, have a great day, have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers.